0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Wendy Y. Bailey. Wendy, you are the president and CEO of BusinessBeyondLimits.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Josh. So Wendy, I'm so excited to have you on because anytime I can talk about sales uh, and what's working in sales? Uh, you know, because I, I know that this is, a, this is a really difficult issue for so many business owners who, you know, they might be doing great stuff or they want to do more great stuff. But listen, I mean, it, you know, if you're not connecting with, you know, potential buyers and people that you can serve and, you know, and, and not just a, you know, a, a one-to-many, but, but to actually engage in a transactional relationship, I mean, if you, you're missing elements of that, you know, whether that's your lead gen, it's your relationship building, or it's your, your follow-up. There's a, there's a lot of places in that cycle where, where, where a business owner can really mess this up. Yeah, for, for no doubt, for sure. The thing that
1: I like to tell my clients is no matter what kind of conversation you're in, it's a sales conversation because your goal in every conversation is to connect build rapport, and establish a a great foundation of trust for a relationship. And that's really the basis for all sales. It has to be about rapport and connection. Mm -hmm. It has to be about trust building. It has to be about the relationship. The transaction is going to happen. You don't have to force that. You don't have to drive people to that. What you want to do is make sure that you care enough. You're building trust. And because you care, you know you can serve them in a way that ends up being a mutually beneficial to both of you. They get the service part of what you offer and you get paid for that. That's the transaction piece that you don't have to drive to. It's just gonna happen naturally if you care about the people you serve.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and and also Wendy, why I, I think that if One does not truly feel in their gut, in their heart, everything about their soul. If they don't believe that the the product or the thing that they're representing or offering can truly solve this person's problem, I just, listen, I don't think you can fake it. I, I think no. I think consumers today are are savvier than they've ever been. Uh, I think you add a dose of skepticism because we've mm-hmm. all been sold to. We we we're we're all very aware, and the fact is. You know, when we all have access to research anything we want about anyone we want, mm-hmm. you also can't get away with, you know, you, you got to make sure it, it actually does what you say it does. I mean, because people, consumers are going to listen, probably listen to you and mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm, I'll let yeah. you know. And then they go do their research and then they let you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The reality is people aren't sold on content anymore. They can get content just by Googling. What you're selling people on is your ability to help them and support them and serve them. You're selling them on you and the relationship you've created with that trust that I mentioned before. So selling is really not what it is. It's serving rather than selling. And I, and I love the way of looking at it that way because then you don't get tripped up over the words you use. I work with my clients every day, Josh, on what I call scripting, which is the language of selling. And it really is the language of how do you build a relationship that reflects the depths of your care? How do you establish a connection with your potential client that lets them know that you're not looking at the dollar signs, you're actually paying attention to what you're serving them with and about. And it's okay if the client is not ready to buy from you. Maybe it's because they don't have the need. Maybe it's because they don't have the time. Maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they don't really trust you. Maybe they don't believe that you can solve their problem with your service. Those are the five objections that Zig Ziglar coined, okay? Maybe it's all of that. And every one of those objections is an opportunity for you to revisit the relationship, revisit the rapport, and if in fact, you can't serve them, it's okay to refer them to someone who can. Right. It doesn't matter. I'm always reminded when I think of that, of uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I'm a big movie buff. And it's an old black and white movie that they did the colorism, color rising process where they try to paint color into a black and white movie. Uh, And in the movie, the Santa Claus, the real Santa Claus in the movie, actually encourages parents to go to a competitor's store to find the toy for their child. And it catches on you know, it catches on, they become a resource and they become valuable because of that resource. In the same way, when you're in a sales conversation and you realize your service, your product isn't it, it's okay to say, let me tell you where you can go and get additional support that is not a good fit for you and I at this time.
0: You know, I love that so much, Wendy Why? And I think that, uh, you know, when I have somebody that you know that listens to what my need is, and say, well, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure that we're the best solution for you. Let me give you. Actually, we have a blog post on our article where we talk yeah. about eight other quote unquote competitors. and not really our competitors because we're we all provide delif- different solutions in different ways, and you know, yeah. different philosophies. Everybody's got their USP. Um, I. I respect the heck out of that person. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, thank you for caring about me enough to look out for me and what my needs are more so than, you know, what what they may immediately hope for, um, but it's not a fit. That's incredible. I love that. I didn't know that. The, I didn't realize that was it. has been a while since I've seen Miracle of 34th Street. <laughs> Every and, year
1: at Christmas, I watch it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, Wendy, Why? how did you get your... By the way, I I keep calling you Wendy Y because I know that that's what you're known by. Yes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure your friends call you Wendy Y too. So my
1: mom even calls me Wendy Y. So Ah. it it really is a
0: a name for me now. A Ah. branding thing. If it's good enough for your mom, it's good enough for me. Yeah. (laughs) Wendy Y. How did you find your um, way into sales? Well, uh,
1: at the age of seventeen, I was recruited into Amway. So I feel like I've always had like an entrepreneurial sales spirit about yeah. me. And over the course of my career, you know, many jobs, many positions, I didn't always have a sales position or hold a sales position. Yeah. What I learned is in management, you're really selling. You're getting people to buy into what your, your goals and dreams are for the group, whatever it is. And so I found my way to sales In between there, in different spaces and places, I've done direct sales, I've sold copiers, I've sold, yeah, that's interesting. I've sold computers. So I've done a lot of different things in my lifetime and all roads for me led to coaching about 18, almost 19 years ago. Uh And then in coaching, what I found myself revisiting more and more was um, how to teach people how to sell themselves, how to market themselves. And I see marketing and sales as sort of siblings, mm-hmm. and it all just kind of came full force for me really in the past, I'm going to say about 16 years, I've been really focused on teaching people how to sell, first with group coaching programs using neurolinguistic programming, and then um, with sales and marketing specifically, when I rebranded and relaunched in the past uh, four years, a little more than four years. Yeah. So I feel like sales is something that I've, I've always been kind of linked to. And for me, I've done almost like a study over my lifetime of what effective selling looks like. Yeah. And I boiled it down very simply to it's about the relationship. It's about the connection. It's about the rapport. And it's about your ability to serve the clients that you um, are there to serve. You know, the clients that come to you, the clients that you want to get in front of. It really is about service.
0: You know, Wendy, uh, maybe you can help me with a problem that I know that that that, that we have and, and I'm sure that there's a lot of other people in the same boat is that, you know, I think a lot of people can start their own company and because of that founder magic, right? It's just, you know, there's that enthusiasm, there's that belief that there's just unshakable belief in what they do. But then eventually the founder gets to a point where she or he or, you know, they, there's like, look, I I have to bring somebody else in, and what do you recommend for hiring, training, and because I know that that can that can be re, it, it's easy to mess this up. Yeah. Um, a, any best practices for for hiring and training and and retaining great people that that can represent your company well? Yeah, a couple of things. The first thing is you've got to identify your process
1: for um, bringing on clients, for talking to clients, for, you know, enrolling them into your service product or program. You've got to have a process. So documenting the process becomes really important because a process that's documented is repeatable. Okay. So when you are looking at that repeatable process, you want to interview and hire people who can buy into that process and duplicate your efforts through that same process. So you're looking for those qualities that you may or may not have, but the process is where the magic is. So they can be an introvert, but if they can follow the process, then they are going to do well in that area. They can be um, not have certain aspects of your personality, but if they can follow the process, remember the process is where the magic is. And then in terms of retaining people, you onboard them, obviously, by teaching them, training them, helping them to understand that process and insert themselves in authenticity into that process. And uh, once they're there, you've got to be able to give them a reason to stick around. Some people thrive on recognition. Some people thrive on You know, financial incentives. So you've got to have something in place that supports them and feeling like they're still part of the team and there's a benefit that keeps them there working through that process to onboard more clients for you.
0: You know, someone actually just this morning sent me a a kind of a study that was done about, um, you know, kind of the illusion of control. And the reality is, you know, a lot of us work really, really hard to try to control the outcome. We really can't like, you can't, you know, there are just some things that are, you can't really control the market. You, you really can't control consumer sentiment. Um, you can't control the problems that people have or, you know, how much of, you know, the, the market needs what you have to offer. But what you can control is, is exactly what you said. And that's the process. And um you know so in terms of like where we put our worry um the the, the study you know they talked about you know you should spend not so much time worrying about the outcome because you can't control that, but worry about the process and, and just, you know, focus on the things that you can control, the, the way you think, behave, you make decisions, um, you know, how you, you know, operate under pressure. Um, But man, it's, you know, when they say out of mouth, the two more of my witnesses, you know, shall all, t- I'm completely messing up the quote. It's a yeah, bit I, of a quote, I, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get what you're
1: saying. I, I think that what happens is, when you're a, a solopreneur, like you're in your business by yourself, yeah. or you're the, a team of one, whatever that looks like, the thing that keeps you plugged into other people, relatable to other people, is being open to serving and open to hearing other people. You can't be open and relatable and, you know, and not be successful. You can't control the outcome. In um, NLP, there's a, a presupposition, it's like an assumption, and it says the person with the greatest flexibility in the system controls the flexibility, controls wow. the system. So when you think of yourself as always being in the ebb and flow of whatever's going on, yeah. then you can manage yourself differently and better. Because whatever comes at you, whatever situation you're faced with, you're still the most flexible, you're still the most open. So you're not attached to the outcome, you're really in the flow of the experience and what's happening.
0: You know, I remember having a conversation with a guy, and this was a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> like we're talking, and, and this maybe it might be around what you're talking about, but I love what you just said about that flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. And And so we're having this conversation. He goes, is this a sales call or, or do you do do you do you want to sell me? And I'm like, and I'm like, no, I mean, that's completely up to you. I, I you know, to me, you know, I, I'm happy to just explore the relationship if there's a fit, you know, yeah, absolutely. Would love to see, you know, what that might look like, but that's completely your call. And, and I, you know, just watch it. And he was actually, a, I think a sales trainer too. And yeah. uh, it was so funny to kind of watch his reaction. Like he's like, yeah, you get it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really is a sales call. You just didn't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing about it. I think sales really comes into play in every area of your Mm -hmm. life and business. Right. When you are in the flow of rapport, connection, you got to be selling something. You're selling who are you as a person, you know, when you're outside of like business. You're still... You still have that goal of wanting to connect with people and wanting to relate to people and be open to people and establishing relationships. It's still sales. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not, you're not selling a product program or service, but you're selling yourself. You know, it's how you get to know people, it's how you meet new friends, it's how you connect with coworkers. Sales is part of that, but it's not that sleazy, slimy, salesy, Mm -hmm. manipulative selling. It really is about bonding over trust and really creating a strong rapport and then building on that through open communication and connection.
0: You know i love the idea of of service to and, and bringing good bringing value to people despite what the outcome is and i you know i think of you know and i've been there and i know what that's like you know when when you really desperately need income like mm-hmm. been there done that uh and I, I know however how much it subconsciously messes with your mind if when the when you wake up in the morning and your first thought is who am i going to sell to today it's really, really hard to to thrive in that environment. And, And instead, you know, if the first question is, you know, who do I get to serve today? And knowing that the natural outcome of that mindset will be abundance, as opposed to scarcity, you know, I win, you lose, you lose, I win, you know, that sort of mentality, just, just, it's number one, it you're not. It's going to be really difficult to succeed. Number two, yeah. it, it's just it'll eat you up from the inside.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine used to call it. Um, what did he call it? Commission breath. That was the. Yeah. Was like the commission <laughs> breath. Yes. And you know, I was like, commission breath. He was like, yeah. You know how people sound when they're really thirsty. Yeah. Like they just want to make something happen with you. And so they're, they're, they've got the transaction in their brain and they're looking at the commission and they're thinking, wow, you know, I can do this. When you take your eyes off of that, it ends up being about the service, about the care of the other person and potential client. The thing that I love about sales that I really do work a lot with my clients on, it's got to start with you and your mindset. You know, My personal mantra is mindset is everything. Mindset is everything if you want to increase your fees. Mindset is everything if you want to onboard someone on your sales team. Mindset is everything if you want to um, raise your fees. Um, I said that, increase and raise, same thing mindset is everything if you want in, to increase a them new then raise them again <laughs> yeah increase them and raise them again you know mindset is everything if you want to introduce a new program or product to the marketplace mindset is everything so in the same way when you're in that that thirsty place that you described yeah. you've got to understand that you you're the problem in the situation and you've got to fix the problem and it really is your mindset Your mindset has to be so clear and so compact that you're like, okay, whatever happens in this conversation, it's going to be just fine, right? So there are no nerves. There's no commission breath because you've done the work on yourself. I like to use affirmations. I pray, I read scripture, you know, I believe in little expressions and quotes that support me. So I got to focus on that for my mindset. So if you can glean something from that, I hope you will. But I think that you've got to do the mindset is everything to make sure that you show up in a way that isn't thirsty or hungry based on the outcome, but you're clear that you're there as a vessel. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not there to sell. It's not about the transaction. It's about the
0: relationship. Like and you service, can't do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can't do that if you're
0: so hungry and thirsty. So, service uh, generosity mindset is the mouthwash for sales breaths. So exactly. Commission breaths. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. love that. Uh, Wendy, um, when people go to your website uh, and that's business beyond limits.com. And they say, okay, I really like Wendy. Uh, What is it, Wendy, why? Uh, What is it like working with you? Like, how do you engage with people? What, what, what do your packages look like?
1: Well, I'm, I'm sort of a girlfriend coach. I'm kind of matter of fact, but I like to have fun and -hmm. I love to be able to be very direct with my clients at the same time. So when they go to my website, they're going to see a lot of my passion in what I've written there for people to consume. I have a lot of freebies there. And you know, I offer a strategy session for those people that are interested as well. And it's a it's an investment in coaching. And when they go to that place in that space, they see that they get to connect with me over Zoom. I record the call so that they don't have to furiously copious take copiously take notes that they're getting me and they can be present and we can do some laser coaching that creates a lot of breakthroughs and shifts in their business, in their lives in a very short period of time. So they're gonna see that that my passion is showing through, they're going to kind of feel the impact of me saying, whatever it is, you can do it, you can make it happen because everything I do as a coach is about inspiring and encouraging and equipping my clients to do better, to do more, to make more in their businesses.
0: And um, so in terms of like your coaching and, and I don't know, do you typically work just like half day type consulting uh, blocks or do you have ongoing coaching programs? What do I have ongoing
1: like? coaching programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually founded a couple of years ago an Academy it's a digital university where people can come and learn sales and marketing strategies. They get access to me. We do a couple of, of live sessions every month. They get individual coaching hours with me as well as part of their membership into the academy. And so I spend a lot of time doing that. And then I also have um, individual clients that I do have virtual VIP days. They're all virtual now and full VIP days as well. When I work with my clients one-on-one, that's the preferred way of dealing with them. And everything starts out with that strategy session, that breakthrough session that I mentioned a a few minutes ago. And then after the the VIP day, half or full, I build in some maintenance coaching to support them in an ongoing way. I learned over time, because I've been in my business a little over 18 years now. What I've learned over time is that Coaching happens, not always in the session, but if I laser coach my clients around something, they know what to do outside of the session, and then we can come back and revisit them and get them back on track if they need to be. But it's also a way to support them following that VIP experience they have with me.
0: Yeah. And you have a couple of books. Um, You've got Business Beyond Limits, and uh, I I charge for that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the the title. Yeah, can
1: you tell me more about the books? Yeah, Business Beyond Limits is a brand book. When I was, um, I'm going to say 2016, I went to my first official coaching conference. I went to a lot of different events, but that was my first one affiliated with coaching in particular. And one of the main speakers was Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. And um, they auctioned off or raffled off a session with him, and I won. And so we ended up, you know, being escorted into a private room for lunch. My plate was full. He ate his five items on his, and he was done. He was like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, uh-oh. But one of the things he said to me, because I, I said, the night before it was going to happen, I said, well, what do I talk to Marshall Goldsmith about? What can I possibly say to this 15-time New York Times best-selling author, um, this, you know, number one of five global thought leaders top five global thought leaders, I was like, what do I say to him? And I was like, well, you know, I've been working on this book. I want to say it to him. And when I told him the book and the book title, he was like, nah, you need to write a brand book. You need to write a brand book. And I was like, a brand book, a brand book. So I scrapped what I was working on based on his suggestion. And I looked at these 22 masterclasses that I had created to promote a program that I was enrolling people in. And so I chose the first book from those 22 and mm-hmm. boiled it down into seven principles that uh, you can use to create a highly profitable business. That's sort of the, the subtitle. So it was easy to do. It was easy to do when I did it that way. I wrote the book in about three and a half weeks. It's chock full of lots of good information. Um, and I learned how to tell stories as I write in the process of doing it. So voila, Marshall, there's my brain. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's a,
0: book. you know, it's a great conversation. You look at the clock, you're like, Oh no, I was supposed to stop talking with Wendy. Why? Yeah, like five yeah, I know I've been going on. Let All me just right, the second book real
1: quick. Can I? Yes. Okay, the second book I charge for that, Four Most Powerful Selling Words That You Can Have, I charge for that. And it really is about the mindset of setting your fees and increasing your fees and charging what you're worth for your programs, products, and services. And a friend of mine and I used to partner on certain things, And we used to just butt heads a lot around what we were going to charge. Sometimes he wanted to charge more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wanted to charge more. And his way of uh, getting through that with me was to say, I charge for that. Mm -hmm. And those four words became valuable to me because I started teaching around this, I charge for that mindset. So the second book is all about how you understand the value of what you offer and how you set fees that match that value. Right. and that offer okay yeah. so i charge for that is all about value and mindset and i, love I loved that. writing it I i told a lot more stories so it was a lot more entertaining
0: than the first one even wendy Y bailey both of those books are listed on your website at businessbeyondlimits.com Wendy White, you're a pleasure to talk with. Listen, I want to have you back mm-hmm. in about six months time and, and, and touch base and find out all the good stuff that you're doing then. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Josh. It's been, a, it's been a blast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. That mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the thoughtful entrepreneur movement.